are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, mm-hmm. where we are having straightforward, honest conversations about life, love, marriage, sex, all that happens within it and around it. And I'm going to cut you off this morning. Okay. And I'm going to say to the nation, give a shout out, shoot an email to Corey today, because at the day of this airing, on Wednesday, May 19th, he is 50 years old. Here we go. 50 years old. Uh, it's halfway home, baby. And he's <laughs> fabulous. He's like better than he's ever been. Wait. So that's right. This is airing on birthday. It is airing on birthday. So what am I doing working? <laughs> right? You don't work on your birthday. I don't. I follow my father's tradition. I'm going right. to throw this out there to the nation because I love this strategy of just don't work on your birthday. Just take that day off. Do what you want to do. And But it, again... What I would want to do is do the show. Right, exactly. this is fun. So Exactly. Well, thank you very much. But I want to give you a birthday shout and say thank you for being you. And it's really fun to be on this journey with you. Absolutely. And I hope that this year's a fabulous one for you and, and we just make it even, Man, you I'm, know, I'm e- so each looking new year forward, even better. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to the next decade because mm-hmm. as was talked about on the Academy Coaching Call this, this month... Um, Somebody pointed out the a reference about how, you know, research will continue to show sex gets better as you get older, even up into your 50s. Mm-hmm. And so, man, let's and see. 60s. I think the 60s. No, no, no. But the 50s, the 50s are, are, are going to be right now as you're coming <laughs> okay, here. Okay, so okay. let's see. I want to I test that theory out. All well, right. this is we'll Sexy Marriage Radio, <laughs> <laughs> where we want to hear from you, not just for the birthday wishes, uh, although bring them on. I love hearing. Uh, any kind of things like that that just kind of celebrate things together. Mm-hmm. But we want to hear your questions, your thoughts, uh, your concerns, what's going on in your world. Let us know. 214-702-9565. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And then we have the platform, my.smrnation.com, where there's some fabulous conversations going on with weekly questions and deep dives into some things. And then there's the academy. You can go even deeper. And that you can find all kinds of information We'd love to see you there. This was a quote that was sent to us um, from a listener mm-hmm. that the source is unknown. It's, it's attributed loosely to somebody, but the, it's ultimately the source is unknown. And the quote just goes, life is made up of a series of judgments on insufficient data. And if we waited to run down all our doubts, it would flow past us. It would. Yeah, that's true. Because you just have to make a call sometime and just go do it. At some point, you just got to go. And mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do, and then pivot if I need to. Mm-hmm. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Merge Radio is several of your questions and our answers. And then on the extended version today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We're going to do a deep dive from an email from a listener from a little while ago asking about the idea of retroactive jealousy. Interesting. In other okay. words, it's how am I how do I deal with my partner's past? Uh, largely even when I didn't even know my partner at that point. Right, right. right? You may have met him ten years later or something. Okay. 
So we're going to go in a lot of different directions with that. Yeah. So all that's coming up on today's show. Hi, Corey and Tam. My wife and I, we've been married for about 15 years. And at this point, we've been having a lot of trouble with sex. And we thought everything else was kind of in line as far as intimacy and, and that sort of thing. So we seek the counsel of a therapist. And in the second session, he decided that we should not have sex for four months. My wife seems to be kind of okay with that. Just a little bit of background. She also is going through menopause and is not doing any kind of treatment for that. And she also has quite a bit of pain during sex, so we've been trying to navigate that. The main part of my question is that I just don't feel that that's normal for therapists to say not to have sex for four months. One of the reasons I think he, he said that is that I'm out of town uh, three days or three or four day, days a week. And so I, you know, when I come into town, I, my wife, you know, basically was telling the therapist that we try and cram in sex and she doesn't want to do any kind of scheduling of sex or anything like that. So that was one of the reasons why we thought at that point that I was going to be back home full time in four months. And I think that's, he thought, you know, we would avoid trying to cram it in. So the main part of my question is, is that, is that in under any circumstances normal for, for a therapist to say, I don't want you to have sex for four months. Now we haven't been back yet to, and I haven't gotten a reason why, but my wife is delighted. She thinks it's a great idea for us to connect, you know, on the, on the instrument level without sex. And he said, there's no touching, no, no, nothing. So that's my question. Have a great day. And uh, I love your show. I, I've been listening all the time. Talk to you later. So there's two things that jump out to me. We've got the therapist and what the, he's recommending. Uh-huh. And then we've got the caller. Right. And what's going on. Right. Wife okay. is secondarily in there, but she's not involved in pursuit of an answer. Okay. From the way he's framing it, for sure. Okay. This is great for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Relieves a lot of pressure, right? Okay. Did you hear anything is different in this? No, I mean, he said she she thinks it's a great idea, so she's excited about okay. it. So is this yeah. normal for a therapist to recommend it? Um, yeah, there's times where I've come across that in my history from other therapists that they will do that. I would hope it would be a collaboration. Four months seems like a long time. Is that? Well, a- he also mentioned in the in the voicemail that that's also the time frame before he, when he will be able to stop traveling. So it's like well, like he'll yeah. be home regular, and I mean, so, I heard that, but yeah, that four can, months still seems like a long time. True, but I mean, there are there are times where I've heard of sex moratoriums, if you will. Mm-hmm. My hope would be because a therapeutic relationship at its base should be a collaborative alliance. Right. That the therapist is not an MD telling you this is what you should do. In my opinion, mm-hmm. there are some instances where you're talking about health. Or safety, where yes, they need to step in and and take make make some decisions for you in a sense. I guess that's my question. He's saying she has pain. That's, Is there something? It didn't sound like there was something she was supposed to be doing in the meantime, right? And to that's, help mitigate that. That's where there's a lot of unknown information. Pelvic floor thing, or something <laughs> right? Like that. Right. So there's a lot of information that I would we would want to know, and that's where hopefully, if, if you're talking about it being a collaborative decision. Then you can understand, okay, well, maybe 
I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I would do in this instance if I had a couple coming to me and they were, and we kind of went down that route of what if you took a break? I would almost phrase it that way. What do you suppose would happen if you guys like just took sex off the table for a while? What, you know, so you could do this, you could do that. And, but you would want to have a scope of here's what you need to be doing in the meantime. Here's where you need to be focusing. Here's where something as I see it. Yeah. But again, I hear it. He's, he's kind of like, this is the higher desire saying, hold on, what just happened? <laughs> right? Right. So, you just gave me an edict of what I can't do. Right. And, and, it's, and it's totally slanted as he sees it and is framing it in his wife's favor. Because she's delighted about it. Absolutely. So, yeah. So this is like, wait, this is a raw deal mm-hmm. for him. But what I'm hearing from him is, yeah, there's a lot of issues that are going on when it comes to your sex life. Mm-hmm. The biggest one being, it seems to all be centered around him. Why do you say that? Because she has pain, but still participates in it. Mm. Uh, she feels like it's a whole kinds of pressure to have to cram it in. That mm-hmm. tells me it's like, I'm not trying to carve out time for me to have some pleasure. I'm carving out time just to take care of you. Mm, okay. You know, um, his travel adds a different weight to it because I'm assuming they follow a lot of the strategies I've seen and heard from club, from clients that when you're gone a lot, um, you, it's, there's a lot of, um, re-entry issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just because life gets kind of set with a normal pattern, then you come back and it's disruptive yeah. and then you layer on top of it. Now we got to figure out how to have sex because we weren't able to do it before, even though, yeah, you still can keep that energy and that erotic dynamic going. You can, but if you're traveling a lot, I guess potentially that that maybe decreases some connection. It, and it and can. I hear yeah. that. I mean, there. I, I guess I was surprised by the therapist even saying there's no touch. Yeah. Four months with no sex, no no touch. It seems like touch adds to connection. Right, because this is trying to ease into how do you confront the pressures of this dynamic better in the way I think of it. Mm-hmm. Not how do you just relieve the pressures? Mm-hmm. Because we've talked about that in the past many times of how the pressure of sex in a marriage is just there. Yeah. You know who the higher desire is if you've been in that marriage any length of time. Yeah. And so you know the fact that they are interested more than you are. So that's pressure, whether they're doing something overt about it or not. It's it's there mm-hmm. and it's felt. So how do you lean into it more to feel better and, and confront that better and then at least be honest about, you know what, I don't want to face my issues or I really do want to deal with this. What should I be doing? And that's where... Hopefully then it becomes more of a collaborative concept with the therapist, both of like, okay, so what should I be doing in the meantime? Check with my doctor, Mm -hmm. deal with what's my view of, is sex really for me or not? Mm -hmm. As Ian Kerner puts it in his book, Mm -hmm. what's the script Mm -hmm. I follow? Where did that come from? Is it valid? Is it accurate? Mm -hmm. What is this about for me? And start trying to grow towards what I want too. Mm -hmm. So that way it's a, it's a, collaborative alliance going on in the marriage primarily and and most importantly, yeah, not just the therapeutic relationship. So this is something, an email that came in that's similar, uh, and this came via Instagram. It says, good morning. My wife has basically zero sex drive. I've seen some things mentioned that it might be her birth control or hormone imbalance, but we aren't sure, which just a quick aside, if you're not sure, get that checked out. 
right away. Yeah. Right. That's a medical thing of go get levels tested. Yeah. Go go ask some questions about what are the possible side effects on whatever form of birth control she's using. Yeah. Because there's other alternatives and there's other options. Yeah, that that's if, potentially an easy fix. Could be. Okay. But whenever we have we start having sex, she gets excited and she wants to continue though. But whenever we do have sex, I can't make her orgasm and it seems she stops herself whenever she's close. I want our physical intimacy to grow, but it's hard. What should we do? Thank you again for asking me to email so I could talk to you directly, and I hope you're doing well. So this is something I've come across a bunch, is um, the framing is wrong. How do, why do you say that? <laughs> right? Because it's this element of my wife has basically zero sex drive. Okay, that is a blanket statement that puts... It puts out fires that likely are still already there because he says whenever we talk about having sex or we start it, she gets excited. Yeah, so she does have some drive. Right. It's responsive, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have the drive that's the spontaneous Mm -hmm. or the aggressive or the just out of the blue, let me initiate, make this thing happen, which is what all higher desires really wish would happen with their lower desire partners. Mm -hmm. But... It's, it sounds like, how do you frame it better in your own mind of, okay, wait, how does my wife really respond to sex? What is her desire and her drive really? What are the circumstances where she does get into it or doesn't? How much work is involved to get her into it or not? All of that is a better way to look at the landscape, right? Right. Because that's more accurate of what's going on. That's what goes on in most marriages Yeah. is... Sometimes the, the lower desire, not, ha- not that they have to be coaxed into it, but they have to be coaxed into it. They have to kind of create a space They for have to it. create a space. Coaxing, coaxing maybe, but I, I don't know that it's coaxing. I just think it, from my experience, it just takes longer to get the mind there. Yeah. It, creating the space, I think, is the key um, to getting all the other stuff out of the head to yeah. Get there. Okay. And then she, so then we talk about has this transitions though, that the arousal part happens. It kicks into gear. And a lot of times for responsive desire women, the best framework I've heard of this is the idea that the brain makes a decision and the body will soon follow. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way. And it's not yeah. always as clean as what we're saying, but sometimes it really is. You know what? And not like this even more, where um, rather than looking at my sexual drive and my sexual overtures that are coming my way from my spouse, rather than me putting in them in a yes-no category, what if I actually carve out a neutral in the middle? Meaning? Meaning, oftentimes when the higher desire spouse will initiate or instigate or bring up sex— it lands in lower desire partners' laps with a yes or a no. That's kind of how they hit it, right? It's like, yeah, I'm on board, or no, just because it's not on the radar, it's okay. a disruption to where you are. I'm with you. A lot of things. So what if you actually, in your own work, start to look in your own head of, how do I move more towards a neutral on that? that yeah, it's, it's not on my radar right now, because that's a more accurate statement. But it's also not an immediate shutting down. Yeah, I could be. I could be. Right. right? And so that's a, I, I like that kind of idea of how do I start to see it? Because I think if you can get a framework and a dialogue going between spouses, 
it's this idea of yes and neutral means possible. No, don't try to talk them into it. Right. I would agree with that. <laughs> right? I would agree with that. Well, there's something else that I'm hearing and is, is wording here that sounds like he's putting more pressure on himself. Is that His wording was, I can't make her orgasm. That's the, that's the last component of this too. Yeah. And that's a pressure he's putting on himself that he's is totally beyond. And her. Yeah. Well, good point. He's putting a pressure on her that Right. I want you to do this, and and yeah, I orgasm. Heard. Yeah, it's it's got to have some good methodology, right? There's got to be some right um, understanding of the body and and what makes her click. But ultimately, it's up to her. It it is. It's it's up to her to have her head in the game and realize which, what it is that gets her to that point. Which from over the history in the archives of Sexy Marriage Radio, there's two guests that have talked, three that have talked specifically about this. Mm-hmm. One is Van- Vanessa Marin. Mm-hmm. She has a class out there even called Finishing School mm-hmm. where, and then uh, Lori Mintz mm-hmm. with Becoming Cliterate. And then Dr. Emily Jamia. Mm-hmm. Um, which I want to reference her first because I was watching something that she just po- she just posted not too long ago about one of the ways, what are some of the things that kill orgasms? And one of them is asking your wife if she orgasmed because it makes it, one, too prominent of a goal, and two, it's a, it's a marker that just adds another pressure on... Did you or didn't you? You know, it's like I'm I'm aiming for this, and it and it's just it's another thing that's felt. Yeah, it's right? a pressure. It's all about getting to that rather than a connection right. between the two of you. But then, if I put all three of these ladies together and what they've kind of talked about over the history and the stuff I've read of theirs in the past, mm-hmm. is a lot of the things that you need to do as a woman trying to reach that point. If you if that's where you were wanting to go. Mm-hmm is you have to figure out how do I relax and get in tune with my body and almost like invite it. Yeah. Not bear down to achieve it. Yeah. Right? The bearing it's not down a willpower totally kind opposite. of a thing, right? It's yeah. a, it's a relaxing and breathing into it, getting in touch with the sensations in the moments and the partner mm-hmm. and the environment and just kind of breathing it all in, which is interesting because a lot of times it can be a little bit of an opposite for a man. Of it's a focus, it's a you know, it's a determination. Okay, <laughs> and so it's just kind of there again. There's the bio- biology that's slightly different, and that's not a goal again. Every man or every woman right. we're talking about, but right. but it is. How do you let each of like you're pointing out here, Pam? How do you recognize each of you need to play your part? Mm-hmm. So play it well, breathe into it. That's the biggest thing I keep giving advice to couples that are quick interactions with people or this topic seems to come up is one breathe and be more present. And then two, just slow down, mm-hmm. right? This is not a race right. to a finish line. Right. If you don't achieve it, but she gets a little bit closer, that's a victory. Right. Right. If you learn something new about, wait, I don't need to focus on this so much. I need to just focus on the fact that I can be a conduit of something she enjoys. Right. Whether it reaches a goal of that or not, she still enjoys it. Right. Good on both of us then. Right. And just kind of reframe this whole process into a journey, right? Not necessarily just the goal. Right. 
So another message that came in uh, via Instagram from somebody that has followed and found us via Christians Who Curse Sometimes, mm-hmm. that he's, he says, I've listened to all the shows, still working on the past shows too, because there's a lot. Uh, here's a question I've got that I'm curious about, even though I'm soon not to be married. Mm-hmm. My wife of 12 years hit me with a curveball when she told me that she wasn't in love with me anymore and that there has to be somebody else out there that's better suited for her. There's a lot more to it, but that's what's in, that isn't important. Now that I'm a few weeks of being away from, uh, away from being divorced, my question is, what do I do about sex? How do I get it? If I masturbated before and thought of her, it wasn't a big deal. We talked and both agreed that we felt that, that was okay. Well, soon I won't have a wife and I can't do that. And based on the events that has led us to now, I've lost all my feelings of love for her, so I don't really feel like that anyway. So I've been forced into celibacy now. I'm 39 and still have a drive. I'm just not sure what the road ahead looks like because I really will miss sex. Thanks. Mm, That breaks my heart. It does. And that is one of those things that's not talked about a lot. Mm, No. Mm -mm. If you had this avenue of... I could express this aspect of my life under the moral compass I have, and now it's going to be gone. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Well, there's two things that come to my mind. Okay. One is what do you do forward, and then the other is I want to ask a question that's a little more pointed for the whole thing. But what do you do going forward is we get into this area of what do you do about masturbation or not, mm-hmm. right? This is... Now that we've, I'm doing a lot more dialogue with people that are actively involved in the Instagram community we're building, and it seems to be a whole lot more younger leaning, mm-hmm. this is a question that comes up a lot. Is masturbation okay or not? Right. And we've said in the past that it's what, it's what surrounds it that's the issue more than the issue, more than, more than the doing it or not. Mm-hmm. Because if it's out in the open and it's guilt-free, quote unquote, as far as... I'm not involving a lot of other things as in porn, erotica, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just the body. Mm-hmm. That's just pleasure. That's just release. There's a lot of other things I can reframe that. And I don't know if that's necessarily guilt-inducing or not. It can be for some people. But that's some good questions to ask yourself. Is where does that come from? Right. What do I really believe? Right. So can you just do it for pleasure's sake? Uh, Dr. Glover in his book, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy, actually has a chapter at the end called Healthy Masturbation. And it's just talking about the idea of how do I get in tune with the sensations of my body better? Right. And and figure out what do I like? What do I not like? What feels good? What doesn't? That's not necessarily involving fantasy. It's a, it's a solo, I'm just involved in my own senses mm-hmm. experience. So I would explore that because... If you're in a situation where a marriage has crumbled because she feels like it wasn't for her, he's not for her, there's somebody else that's better, there's got to be a whole lot more going on that he's not acknowledged, at least to us. Well, he said there's more. Which begs the question, what kind of sex were you having in the first place? Well, that's not his question, though. No. I hear what you're saying, but that doesn't matter. But I'm just curious about that sounded... Uh, uh, to be crude, that sounded like that could have just been masturbation too. The partners weren't actually together. <laughs> it was just a joint getting off. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, and I'm 
kind of going out there for a yeah, little bit. Well, you're bringing up another topic that he wasn't asking. About, I totally so am, but I want to use that to kind of frame the idea of how do I view what has been going on to help give better light into what will be going on for me? Okay, good point. Right? And what if I have a new relationship in the future? How am I framing this? How am I looking at how it? How do I look at this different rather than, well, I hope her drive is better. Or I hope she's more into me and I hope... That's that concept of how do I start viewing this as what's my role all the way through, whether I'm in a relationship or not. Gotcha. There needs to be a consistency because integrity to me and solidness to me is I am the same person regardless of life circumstances. Yeah. Right. So how do I start to view this as this is a tremendous opportunity for me to grow in more solidness with myself, steer my sexual energy in better ways. I can't necessarily express it the way I want to ultimately, Mm -hmm. but so what? I can't do that even in marriage sometimes too. Right. Because it's not always available. It's not always conducive. It's not always from goodness. Yeah. So how am I using all of that to just help grow up? And then whoever I'm in relationship with in the future is just going to have a tremendous benefit from that. So as we tend to do when we're moving into the extended content, uh, before we do, let's frame this. Sounds good. And then we'll answer it in in the extended. So this is from a husband that says, I stumbled upon the podcast and I'm so glad I did. You've covered topics that I now have on my mind to listen to, but I'd love for my wife to listen to certain ones, but that's a little bit down the road. Do you have any podcasts devoted to the topic of retroactive jealousy? I've struggled with this for the life of my relationship with my wife. As a believer, I know for a fact that I am to forgive my wife for her past sexual relationships before we were together and married. I've prayed about this over 17 years of marriage and 22 years together. Here's a few bullet points for background about us. We've known each other all since grade school. She's the girl I've always wanted to be with, regardless of her past. Being in a small town, being close friends prior to dating and going to school together forever, I now basically I know basically everything about her and her relationships with her boyfriends before me. I've heard small details that I don't need to know, but I have to live with, again, small town USA. I've talked about her past and honestly have forgiven her for those relationships before me, and I know it's not a sin against me, but against the Lord. But again, she wasn't a believer before we met, just for information. Seeing certain things, hearing topics or names, my brother has the same name as one of her previous boyfriends, and I can't stand hearing her say his name. (laughs) I know how petty or childish this sounds as I write it or think about it, but it still sucks. Plus, seeing those old boyfriends out in public simply caused the triggers in my mind, and I have these little movies that I put with them that play in my mind and cause me to spiral into sort of a depressed state, and it builds a wall inside me, and she feels a separation of sorts when this happens. And then a couple more bullet points. I feel like this carries into our intimacy as it causes doubt of her love for me to creep into my mind. And I realize that this is a me problem, not her. I hate that I have these issues and I want to rid myself of them. This is really our only area of struggle and I hate it that it builds a wall between us. It happens so frequently in my mind that I just want to be over struggling for it for so long and be done with it. Is this a topic for discussion that you might be able to shed a little light on? Thanks in advance. Yes, we will shed a little light on this. Join us in the extended content. Well, anytime we get the opportunity to speak into some specifics with with people in the nation, I love it. Yeah. 
because yeah, I do too. it's it's so fascinating to me how so much in our lives actually overlap mm-hmm. right that you can have these emails to come in or the voicemails that come in that there's a part of you that'd be like wow i'm glad that's not me but then there's a party that's like wait that is me right yes oh dang it <laughs> because it's the human condition it's life on life terms right yeah and it's and it's dealing with another person in real time yeah because that's what marriage is and we mm-hmm. just wanted to always be on the positive but we don't always just get always mm, the positive no. so well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone, uh, please let us know. 214-702-9565. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are, however you chose to listen today, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time.